This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Set me free. Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along, as always. And just this morning... I saw an article where in the UK, the porn epidemic, meaning people asking for help for for porn addiction and pornography, has tripled in the last year. So the porn epidemic continues to rage all over in the UK and, of course, in the US, because the US is the number one consumer and producer of pornography, and the UK is number two right back on our heels so we can there's continual continually a need to address this issue wide open full throttle no holds barred and that's a part of what we do on this program and several weeks ago we had John on the program and John told his story where growing up he went through a lot of abuse physical sexual abuse uh, got exposed to drug use at an early age ended up being a police officer as an adult. And then as we see many times with people we hear up in the ministry, lust always can take us in a place we did not expect. And lust took John in a place where he molested a stepdaughter. And then he ended up in prison. So he went from being a police officer to behind bars. And that, that alone would be harrowing. Going, going behind bars because that can get you killed if they know who you are. So, but John is, John's story is a story of redemption. He's also paid a high price. And so I've invited John back to the show so I can ask him some questions and talk a little bit more about his story and some other issues. So, John, my friend, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Mike. So I wanted to start by asking you, you went through a lot of abuse Growing up, how did you how did you heal from that? Well, the only way I could heal was to uh, surrender to the Lord. Um, I uh, I tried to uh, hide from it um, by various ways through other addictions, maybe by eating or or working and trying to stay busy and that kind of thing, but. Uh, I think the true healing came when I finally surrendered it to the Lord and uh, started looking at me through His eyes, uh, through His Word, and uh, the fact that I was a new creation. One of the, um, if I might go ahead and add, uh, just recently I was, uh, after 20 years, I was released from uh, uh, the requirement to register as a sex offender, and up to that point, it cost me money. I had to, I had to hire an attorney and 
and go through the process, which was uh, not pleasant. But I had convinced myself that uh, it didn't really matter. I mean, I only had to to register uh, every six months, and it wasn't that big of a deal. I'd just deal with it. And uh, but it hit me the day after I was released from that requirement that I'd also released that title that had been placed on me by man. And I tell you, I bawled like a baby. It, it had an impact on me. Hmm. And so I'm assuming that the shame has been a harrowing or a tough thing to get over. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And and uh, there's times that. Uh, when I think about what I had done, the damage that I had done, um, there's a lot of mental baggage that goes along with that for my stepdaughter, and it, it it's a very sad thing. Um, makes me that shame can come back um, if I'm not careful. Mm. And you were molested yourself. Um, quite a few times, right? Including by your brothers, you had been shared, and you got your first exposure at age six to pornography. And uh, if I remember right, talk about how all that had an effect on your your mind and your heart. Well, it's I like as I look back on things, I realize that pornography was uh, it's almost like a gateway drug. Uh, they talk about you know you start out with a light drug and Next thing you know, you want something stronger. And uh, I believe that was the effect that porn had on me, was the fact that uh, you begin looking at soft porn, and then that doesn't seem to uh, excite you as much, and then you, you start digging into more. And, and before you know it, you're crossing over boundaries that you never thought you could. And uh, you don't uh, you, you stop thinking about consequences. You stop thinking about long-term effects, and you're just, in it for the now and uh, things become um, items people become items of uh, uh, pleasure uh, whatever it takes to please the flesh it's, it's not a good road to go down mm. <clears throat> so in your mind today how critical is it for parents to talk about pornography to their kids at a young age I think it's uh a very serious subject. I think that they, especially in this day and time, because of the availability, I mean, uh, they're handing cell phones to babies to play with um, to keep them occupied. I think it's very important to set up uh, boundaries to um, teach them that there's dangers out there on the Internet and uh, hopefully uh, steer them from ever having any exposure to that stuff. May I add, um, you mentioned that I was abused by, by my brothers. I was not. Actually, uh, my brothers were abused as well as I was by uh, other family members. Um, but uh, just to clear that up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I see. Your, your brother's friend was the one that did it. Yes. Okay. And then uh, you became a Christian around age 11. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, I did. Um, I felt a uh, drawing. I was invited to church and uh, uh, began attending church and uh, ended up surrendering my life to the Lord. And uh, I tell you, that was a uh, uh, lack of a better way of putting it. It was just very magical, very 
uh, special time in my life. Um, I felt um, a peace that I had never had before. Mm. And then what happened? You had said that later on as you're in your teens, I think you used the word even falling away into drinking and pot. And what happened that kind of precipitated that slide? Well, I, looking back on that, Mike, I think it had a lot to do with the friends that I had started hanging out with um, and just wanted to be a part of what was happening, to be one of the cool guys. Uh, and uh, that uh, the friend, looking back on that, you know, I remember at one point even uh, hanging out with these guys that we stopped by a guy's house that was a uh, Christian, and uh, he was trying to, to get me to... Uh, listen to his Christian music, and, and I can remember at that point, uh, after being uh, in this drug and alcohol environment, um, thinking that was uncool, And uh, but I look back on that, and I can see where the Lord was trying to get me back on track, but uh, I refused and went, went deeper into uh, uh, sin. Mm. <clears throat> and then after, let's fast forward a little bit, now... At what age were you a police officer? At what age range? Uh, at the age of 24, I became a police officer. I went through the academy. And uh, I, uh, I was a police officer for right at 14 years. Mm. So maybe around how old were you then when you molested your stepdaughter? That happened, um, Wanted to say about the age of 26, mm. and uh, I had I had gotten involved in a uh, uh, well, I'd, I'd gone I'd responded to a uh, domestic disturbance where the uh, the husband uh, slash dad of the, the children that I would become stepfather to had uh, threatened um, this woman's life, and uh, after that was resolved. Um, being a neighbor not too far from where she lived, we got to know each other and ended up uh, into a relationship. Um, and uh, as a result of that, uh, I had no idea that I had developed some um, skewed thinking in the way um, touch would affect and that kind of thing. And, and what was really an innocent um, mimicking of uh, touch from uh, what my stepdaughter had seen my her mom and me do. Uh, she was innocently uh, mimicking that, and I allowed it to cross over into some boundaries that, uh, looking back, uh, I should have never had allowed that to happen. And as a result... Uh, I ended up abusing her. <clears throat> what was your going through your mind knowing that, and I know these are hard questions, but I think they're, it's helpful for, helpful for people to hear these answers because um, it's painful for me to even ask them, but what was going through your mind knowing that you were a police officer and a believer and people looked up to you and then after you had done that? What was going through your heart? That was a lot of turmoil, um, but you know, I, I compartmentalized it. I, uh, 
I was uh, like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type thing. Um, when uh, I would put the uniform on and uh, go to work, attend church, I would block out the dark side of me, and I would feel good about me. Um, and then, then when I would fall into these episodes where I would um, try to get a, a fix for a lack of a better way of putting it, um, and I, I realize how sick that really is. Um, but at the time I didn't, I didn't think about these things. Um, there'd be times that those two worlds would collide to give an example. Um, whenever in law enforcement, um, sometimes we would have meetings where we would meet with, uh, uh, like a, a child's advocate. Um, and they would be talking about abuse and that kind of thing and, uh, trying to, deter that kind of act um my world would spin at times i, I would feel like you know, bolting out of the room and i had to fight that it was a really strange experience uh having my two worlds collide hmm. <clears throat> and listen to you say that i mean when you look at a church with 70 percent of the men at some level viewing pornography I mean, aren't a lot of us hopefully coming to that point where our worlds are colliding, where police officer or not, we're in bondage, and hopefully God brings something or someone in front of our face that says, you can't keep doing this. I agree. I agree. The the, the one thing that uh, I, I can remember like it was yesterday when my sins found me out, when I got that call, um, and I was in law enforcement at the time, uh, my then ex-wife had called me and, and told me that uh, um, our step, our daughter was missing, and as a result of looking for her, uh, the police uh, happened upon her journal, and inside the journal she had described the things that I had done to her. And uh, when that happened, I can remember um, all my energy, all my strength just fell, uh, left me, and I fell into a chair, but at the same time, Mike, I, I remember feeling uh, a sigh of relief. It was it was like a weight was lifted off of me, that I wasn't having to hide that anymore. It was finally out, and uh, it was going to be dealt with. Mm. Talk about grace and the cross and receding forgiveness. What does that look like for you? It's uh, it's life changing. Um, you know. Again, looking back, I, it's it's a strange thing. Uh, the spiritual realm, we just really don't realize all that's going on around us. Um, and I just I want to tell just a real quick, um, the night that they had found her journal, I was at work, and I had this very sickening migraine headache. I've never had one. And I've never had one since. But that particular night, I, I uh, had to lay down in the, uh, um, the room where we did all of our reports and everything. I remember laying there in my uniform on, in a dark room and feeling very sick, my head pounding. And uh, I would find out later that that was the very moment that they had discovered, uh, a thousand miles away, had discovered the journal describing what I'd done. And uh, my spiritual realm had been upset that night. Um, but for me, grace and everything, I mean, that's part of it. That's what made me think about that, was that God had uh, allowed me to uh, 
through a course of different actions, had called me back. I had uh, rededicated my life and surrendered myself to him, and um, he was preparing me for what was coming. And uh, his, his, it's just amazing, looking back over all that stuff, how much he was willing to uh, bless me with because he loves me. And uh, that grace and, and the mercy that he's shown to me is just it's really uh, indescribable. I, I just can't begin to tell you um, the changes it's made in me and and how deeply it's affected me. Mm. To the extent you want to, where is your stepdaughter today and where are you with her? Well... It's a, it's a strange thing, and this, again, is, is I believe, God working in my life. Uh, here, um, this year is the, the year that I was released from the requirement for registration, and um, my charge was back in 2000 um, when I was convicted, and here we are in the year 2022, and uh, it wasn't two weeks after I had been released from that requirement that I had this call from a no caller ID. And, uh, when I answered, um, she, my stepdaughter was on the other line and, uh, it just took me by surprise. Um, we, we were able to talk for a while and, uh, and then she called me back a week later and she's reached out to me a couple more times since then. Um, we are, uh, you know, I cried when I talked to her because it's been over 20 years since I had even talked to her, and she cried, and uh, she had shared with me that she was struggling with P- PTSD and uh, and how my actions had affected her life, and uh, it just it breaks my heart, Mike, that I ever allowed that to happen in the first place, and uh, it just is devastating. It's it, this... You know, the sexual sin affects so much deeper than, say, a sin of, of theft or, or, or lying or whatever. It's just, it's just so much deeper, and it changed her life. And it's, and it's not only changed her life, but everybody that she is um, comes in contact with because of what it's done to her. It's just it's devastating. But uh, I believe that our relationship is on the mend. It's probably going to take a long time, and I'm going to give her all the time she wants. And around, how old is she? She would be, uh, well, uh, she's probably in her mid-30s. Yeah, I would say she's in her mid-30s. Did she say what provoked her to to call you? Well, um, she was talking about uh, when she first called me, uh, I believe that she's been uh, seeing some counseling at the time. Um, She had inquired if there was any way that uh, I might be able to help her get into a uh, course for PTSD treatment. Um, And uh, one of the first things she asked me, Mike, was, are you still walking with the Lord? And uh, 
that's when I broke down crying. I said, yes, I am. And she started crying. She said, I'm so happy to hear that. Um, she is also uh, walking with the Lord. And I think that um, I believe that the Lord is trying to get this whole situation where we get healing for both of us. Mm. Those are tough talks, but it sounds like they're moving you both towards healing. So what would you say to the to the church at large? If you could sit in front of a church today, what would you say about pornography? Well, I would warn of its effects. Um, you know, the lure of it. Um, it's it can be so alluring. It can draw you in, and it'll it'll uh, cause you to. Um, overstep boundaries uh, you don't even want to go down that road but if you are involved in it I would say that you would need to be the, the, the key is to find somebody that you can trust that you can be accountable to that you can tell that you can be transparent before and and it's very important that transparency is very important because without it uh, without the uh, confession and be able to be in held con- uh, accountable. Um, there's just no way that you'll ever conquer it on your own. And uh, you have to draw close to the Lord because he'll give you the strength. You can't do it physically. Why do you think the church is so silent on this issue of sex and pornography and masturbation? Well, I believe that, first off, it's... Um, it's a very shameful thing. I mean, the, you go through cycles, or the, you go through cycles where you're you're uh, drawn in. Uh, there's an excitement, uh, and then uh, once you've uh, gotten release from that, uh, there's the shame that comes back, and then there's the the, the false remorse where you're sorry and. And you you really promise that you 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 want to not do it again, and then something will come and trigger you again. Um, but I, I just I'm sorry, I may have gotten off a little bit, Mike. What was your question again? I'm sorry. Why do you think the church is so silent about these issues about sex and pornography and masturbation? Well. I think it's uh, I think it's a, a taboo uh, subject. I think people don't really want to know the truth. Some people don't really want to know the truth that that so many people are affected by it, um, because it's not only affecting just your regular parishioner, but it's it's affecting those who are in in authority, those who are um, bringing the very word. Sometimes uh, it can be a pastor, it could be a teacher. Um, it's just a very shameful uh, sin, and uh, nobody really wants to uh, have their sins exposed in the light. Um, it's just more comfortable to, to try to convince yourself that I can I can deal with myself. You know, I'll take it to the Lord; um, He'll help me. Uh, but He uses people. He uses people to to help people. And do you think there's an intense spiritual battle to keep this issue under wraps? Absolutely. 
without a doubt. I do. So, John, 45 seconds. Anything you want to say? Mike, uh, you know, if I could, if I could start over, um, I would obviously not go down the road that I went. Um, there, if there's anybody out there that is struggling with this or struggling with uh, not being able to feel like they can can tell somebody, um, you can. And uh, it's the that would be the beginning of healing for me. Um, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you know, and, uh, he, he gives you a new beginning and, uh, it takes surrender. And, uh, I'm just very thankful that, uh, he got a hold of me and, and, uh, called me and I surrendered to him. Uh, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. John, my friend, thank you very much. I know this took some courage, but also it must have been a painful walk to even come on and share your story. So thank you very much. You're welcome, Mike. Thank you. And thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.